Hello and welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. I am Mary Jo Parrish, founder of Kingdom Builders, and today's episode is the October teaching, Longing for the Light, part two. And just so you know, you're always loved and always welcome here. So in part one, we discussed that ladder to the light, right? We know that our first option on our journey up the heights when we experience sorrow and suffering is to climb that ladder of light that we have access to the divine and we praise him when we are in those places of pain. But there's a second option when we're experiencing pain. It's a diversion tactic of the enemy. Satan attempts to distract us from touching the divine. He knows that when we experience sorrow, that there is this opportunity for incredible holiness. He knows it. And so he tempts us right there. He wants to distract us from touching the divine. He doesn't want us to know about the ladder because he doesn't want us to climb it. If we choose not to hold the hands of sorrow and suffering in the pain, we also have the option of accepting instead the hands of our fearing cousins, resentment, pride, and bitterness. And when we go to them, we often forget the voice of the shepherd. And we can even forget our desire for the heights. So Father Dwight Longnecker wrote this book called Immortal Combat. Really, really good. And he coins a phrase called resentment loop. And as soon as I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, I do this. And everyone I've talked to, Mary Jo, I do that. I'm like, everybody does it. Okay, so first of all, if you're like, oh my gosh, I do that. Everybody does it. So don't feel guilt or shame over it. So what's a resentment loop? It's playing a hurtful experience in our mind and creating imagined conversations and outcomes where we assert ourselves against our rival. So be like driving down the road, start thinking about something, something, sometimes something that happened like five years ago. Well, next time I'll say blah, 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 blah. And he'll never know what's coming when I remind him of his failure of this, this, and this. Well, I've done this, this, and this. How dare he tempt us? Blah, blah, blah. So it's the seductive temptation And it actually provides us pleasure because our pride is fed in that resentment loop. We imagine ourselves asserting ourselves against our rival. We prove that we are right and they are wrong. But the result of the resentment loop is that we become lost on our journey and we become enslaved in bitterness. So... I imagine most of you have played the game called Shoots and Ladders. That game actually like predates Jesus. I think it was like 400 BC or something. It's actually a habit to teach children like virtue and vice. It used to be called Snakes and Ladders. (laughs) Just so you have historical background. Shoots and Ladders. Okay. So rather than call it a resentment loop, I like to call it a resentment shoot. So if we know we're like journeying up the mountain to reach heaven, right? that we have this ladder that actually gets us there faster, okay, connects us to the divine. But then Satan's like, okay, girl, you wanna wanna jump in this loop? You wanna start feeling sorry for yourself? You wanna hold hands with your your fearing cousins? Self-pity, bitterness? It's like, oh, that actually feels good. It feels good to go down that chute, wee! But guess what? Then we lose our footing and we actually get confused on the journey. When we experience pain, because we're all going to experience pain, right? We're on this journey towards heaven. We're not home yet. So we're going to experience pain. I don't care who you are. You're going to experience sorrow and suffering. 
when we have that happen in our lives, we have two options, shoot or ladder, right? We can honor the pain and gain access to the divine by climbing the ladder, or we can get sucked into the resentment chute and slide backwards. Each time we experience pain, we have to say, shoot or ladder. Your friends went out without you. They got appetizers at Applebee's and perfect margaritas and then post about it on social media just so they, they would know that you would know you weren't invited. Ouch. That hurts. We don't pretend it doesn't. We don't run, numb, or attempt to distract ourselves from, right? It hurts. Shoot or ladder. You're going to cling to the ladder and rise, or you're going to allow the resentment loop to let you slide back down. Well, how dare they? I did all that, and I brought her dinner after she had the baby. What do you want to do? Your daughter says something really mean to you. You have poured your life into her. She had something super cruel. How dare she? Shoot or ladder? Cling to the divine? How dare she do that? I've done this, blah, 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 blah. I've done this and this. I've done this and this. Well, compare me to... Shoot or ladder? You stubbed your toe on your son's boot. The same pair of boots that you've told him to put away at least 125 times. And they're still out. And it hurts so bad. Shoot or ladder? How dare he do that? Nope. Cling to the divine. It's hard. Hey, clinging to the divine is hard. You naturally just want to go down the chute. Because guess what? Pleasure. It feels good to go in that. How dare you, right? You're asserting yourself as being right and them as being wrong. But God's calling you to climb in that moment where you just want to go down the chute. Climb. Shoot or ladder. But it's totally up to you. Whatever you want to do. And when it, you're really struggling with shoots, like much afraid, we're called to go down to that valley of loss in the path of forgiveness, okay? To go into the uncomfortable path because that is actually the only way that we can keep clinging to ladder. And that path of forgiveness doesn't mean that what someone did was okay, right? The friends who went out to Applebee's and got perfect margaritas without you and post, post about it on social media. Doesn't mean what they did was okay. Your daughter says something cruel to you. Doesn't mean that was okay. Your son doesn't put it away. It doesn't mean it's okay. It just means you are not going to allow it to have any power over your life, right? The enemy doesn't get any part of who you are. You are actually going to enter into forgiveness. You're going to give that over to the Lord. You're going to put it in God's hands and allow him to dispel the justice. So anyone that we recognize in our mind that's been riding front seat in the resentment loop, and you'll think of someone right away, someone who usually is up in that resentment loop, like someone who keeps doing irritating things and constantly turning your feelings, like we all have them in our life. God's calling us to invite Jesus into that wound. So I just want to give you the proper verbiage for forgiveness, okay? Who's ever in your resentment loop, I want you to think who that person is. And you're just going to repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I forgive, I forgive, whoever it is, for whatever they did. So in the name of Jesus, I forgive Sally Smith for going out to Applebee's and posting about it on social media. It's done.
that's over. Anytime you're experiencing pain, especially one that was caused by another person towards you, go to the place of forgiveness. Enter into that. Bring Jesus with you. Enter into that. Don't let it take up any time in your head because no one feels better after being in the resentment loop. You just feel like terrible afterwards, okay? That's where the enemy wants you. Don't give the enemy any part of who you are. You are son and daughter of the Most High. You walk in the authority that he gave you. Don't give any part of yourself to the enemy, right? So let's say that you have like some major stuff and it's like, okay, I've forgiven in the name of Jesus and it's just not working. Or I still keep thinking about it, not that it's not working. Well, I've had that happen a couple of times in my life. So where, you know, it's like some major wounds and I love the show NCIS. My husband and I were both in the military or both in Navy. So I, don't, I thought, well, maybe that's why the Lord's using us. I, this came to me in prayer. So I'm like visualizing a courtroom at NCIS and it's not like Gibbs was there or anything, but like I walk into the courtroom and I actually just make my case to the Lord. I'm like, listen, I did this, I did this, I did this. This person did this, this, and this. And I just feel like there's a lack of justice and I'm really struggling to forgive this person. And I just lay it all out. And I just ask him, is there anything that I need to repent for personally? You know, show me, Lord, is there anything? And sometimes he will show me things. Okay, I repent of, you know, pride. I forgive, forget, I repent of unforgiveness or, you know, whatever things I have to repent of. And then I just lay it down and I just say, in the name of Jesus, I forgive this person for whatever they did. And then I just leave it there and I walk out of the courtroom. That has been so helpful for me to be able to like, Again, I'm all about contemplation and prayer, like visualizing things in prayer. And I, this is always supposed to be part of the October teaching and something I was working on and someone came up to me without prompting. I had talked to this person three times in my life and she said, Mary Jo, have you heard about praying in the courts of heaven? And my face, I have resting business face. So my face must have said something terrible to her because she was like, it's okay. If you don't have to like, you know, I was like, no, 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 no. My face isn't saying bad things. It's saying, how did you know I was already praying with that? I didn't tell that to anyone. And and I was like, send me the information. So she sends me the information. I watch these YouTube videos. I read the books. And it's this beautiful version of praying in the courts of heaven, except it's like on steroids. They bring in a cloud of witnesses. I mean, there's like, I, I mean, they sing songs. They do all these things. I was like, okay, well, a cloud of witnesses, like that's a little too much. Like I was all judgy at first. I was like, well, actually, <laughs> we believe in a cloud of witnesses. Like everything's based on truth. I'm like, all right, well, I'm always open. Like if there's a better way to pray or, you know, another way to connect to the divine, like. I want to know about that. Like, do you want to know about, like, yes, show me all the ways. I want to know all the ways to pray. I want to know all the ways to connect to our Lord. So I'm like, I'm open. It's all based in scripture. So, all right, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to go for this. And so I'm like, all right, I really want to pray in the courts of heaven this way. So it's called praying in kingdom court. We bring our case to the good father and the just judge in contemplative prayer. The Psalm 96, nine, this was like, I was like, Lord, do you really want this in this teaching? And this was the Psalm I read, which was part of the teaching. Give to the Lord glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring gifts and enter his courts. The Lord is king. He governs the people with equity. And I was like, oh, it was in the, the set of readings for October. I'm like, all right, I'm taking that as confirmation. So we're now talking about Praying in the courts of heaven, my brothers and sisters. 
and you're going to just love this. This We've seen so many miracles from praying in these courts of heaven. So I'm going to talk to you about how to pray in the courts of heaven. And you're going to be like, okay, I want to know those steps. You can have those steps. If you go to buildingthroughheaven.com and click resources and under there is prayer. And you're going to go through there and there's, you know, praying in the courts of heaven. There's all different sorts of ways to pray. But this is the one that you're specifically talking about. And it's a printable PDF. So you can actually be like, oh, that sounds super easy. It is easy. When you start to get really good at praying in the courts of heaven, it will take you like three minutes. And so when anyone is having these like really struggling, they're just not seeing any answers in prayer. I'm like, oh, girl, you need to take that to court. Oh, you and your husband need to go to court over that one. Just trust me on this. If you are not seeing answers in your prayer after much prayer and fasting, bring it to the courts of heaven. So what does it look like to pray in the courts of heaven? First thing is entrance. You praise and ask for the doors of the court to be open. You visualize walking into court with angels and God is seated as the just judge. And then the cloud of witnesses take their place. So I just sing, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I walk into the court. I visualize the court. The angels are coming with me. The just judge takes place. The cloud of witnesses take their place. I exalt thee, O Lord. And you can actually ask for anyone you want from the cloud of witnesses to stand with you or to give witness for you. So I asked for Mother Mary and St. Joseph and my grandson Simeon to come and stand beside me during court. <laughs> so first is entrance. Number two, opening statement. So you just basically openly state the situation. This is God, the good father, right? You, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? You just tell them about the situation. And this was an actual situation that happened. I adjusted a little bit so it doesn't actually point anyone out, but this is actually pretty close to what happened. Lord, my cousin spoke judgment and gossip over one of my children to my other cousins. I was informed and I sent a group text to those cousins explaining my hurt. Three cousins called to apologize and the remaining one refuses to talk to me. So you're just openly stating what's going on, all right? So entrance, opening statement. Number three, testimony. Talk from the depths of your heart. Honor the pain. Remember, we don't run from the pain, but you also honor the love. Lord, I am struggling so much. I feel so much pain over my cousin's lack of contact. My hurt is deep, but so is my love. I ask that my love for my child and for my cousin be recorded in the courts. So we give testimony. Number four, accountability. We ask God to show us our part in this situation. So St. Ignatius says, the person who sets about making others better is wasting his time unless he begins with himself. Okay. So we cannot go to court and think that we're not going to actually be looking at our own selves, right? Is it possible that you've been too overly sensitive? Do you need to apologize? Have you contributed to that conflict in any way? Do you need to seek out the sacrament of reconciliation? And this is a big one, especially for women. Are you avoiding conflict by not addressing the issue directly and gossiping to others instead? If that's you, stop doing that, right? Enter into that discomfort. Tell that person, go right to them. What you did hurt me. Can you tell me what was going on in your head? You know, that's, that's scriptural where we go to the person who's hurt us first 
And if they don't do anything, then we bring witnesses in, okay? But maybe you've created conflict because you didn't address the issue directly to the person. Take accountability for that. Don't run from it, okay? And then you just say to the Lord, Lord, please show me what part I played in this conflict. You know what the Lord showed me? Mm. Lord, I take full responsibility for my group text. It lacked prudence and it was sent in a moment of anger. And it also lacked courage because I was avoiding an uncomfortable and vulnerable conversation. Okay. I recognized that was my part and it was inappropriate. So then number five is repent and remove, like get that stuff out of there. In the name of Jesus, I repent and renounce my arrogance, anger, bitterness, conflict, and pride. And I ask that my words and my actions be annulled and dismissed from God's court so that the enemy may have no power through them and that the enemy's stronghold would be completely removed. And this is an important one. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family back to the third and fourth generations, and I claim your faithfulness to the thousandth generation. And so again, that's all scriptural, where you're actually pleading the blood and you're claiming the faithfulness. That's all scriptural. So repent and remove is five. What's six? Holy fire. I ask for the sacred heart of Jesus to inflame my own heart so that I may love my cousin the way you do. And in the love of Jesus... I repent on behalf of my cousin. We can repent for someone that is not us. We can. And then step number seven, seven's a holy number, forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, I forgive my cousin for speaking gossip over my child. In the name of Jesus, I forgive my cousin for their pride, unforgiveness, and arrogance. Number eight, we ask him to magnify the good. We just ask him, like, show us Show us the good that you've done from this so I can praise you for it. You just ask him. Mm. And he told me, your marriage. Lord, I thank you for allowing this pain to unite me to my husband more deeply in our marriage. You can find the good. Ask him and he'll show you. Number nine, emotion for judgment. We speak prophecy and blessing. We ask for our desired outcome and we ask big. Because again, St. Ignatius says, God will not be outdone in generosity. Jesus, I ask for a spirit of love and humility to be poured down upon all of us and ask that you heal our hearts and bring reconciliation. I ask for a spirit of childlike joy to be infused within us all. I ask that the angels from the hosts of heaven to be released in a hedge of protection to surround all of my family. Amen. So all done. Now you just make your closing statement. We thank God, we thank our cloud of witnesses, and we rest our case and exit in praise. So thank you, God, for this time in your court. I thank you, witnesses, for being with me today. And I praise you, Lord, for your justice. I rest my case. And then I just visualize myself leaving. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh, and that's it. Again, you're like, oh, that seems like a lot. You get really fast when you start doing it a lot. You get really comfortable in court. It takes about three minutes when you get good. And you're going to want to print out document, right? Buildingthroughhim.com, click on resources, and it's under prayer. So we know that we are created by God 
And there's a longing within us to return to God, right? Our body, our mind, and our soul were made for God, and they were made for the high places. One of the sweetest aches that we will feel on this earth is the ache of belonging to God and not yet being fully with Him. St. Teresa of Avila says, God wounds the soul. The soul longs to die of this beautiful wound. Our soul longs to be with Him. And so often in that desire, we have that unending desire, that magnet pulling us towards Him. We attempt to fill it with worldly things. And nothing is satisfying. Nothing. Screens, food, drink, alcohol, drugs, shopping. Nothing satisfies it. That longing can only be satisfied by Him alone. When I was a little girl, my family owned a vehicle called a rabbit. And my dad proudly told everybody, it gets 60 miles to the gallon. And in my family, because we financially struggled, we were always on E or right above E. And there was this gas station about three miles from our house. And we would always be searching for coins to pay for gas. We'd be digging around. If we found like a quarter, I mean, you could not even imagine the joy in our hearts when we found a quarter. We found a quarter. We were definitely going to make it home now. You know, like super excited. High five one another. I mean, so excited. I vividly remember my mom telling the irritated gas station attendant that she would like 50 cents of gas or many amounts under a dollar on a regular basis. One time he said to her, hey, lady, you're here for your fumes? And we all laughed like awkwardly. But the most glorious day came when, of course, we're on E. We're not sure if we're going to make it home. And we found like five gross pennies and two gross nickels. And my mom said, 15 cents, please, and held out those dingy coins. And the gas station attendant was like, oh, forget it. And he took out the nozzle. He popped it once and put it back and walked away. I could not believe our good luck. I mean, we were so excited. We're like, we just got 15 cents of free gas. We were so excited. And we are called to live in gratitude. Part of me loves my little girl heart, little girl heart for just like living in so much gratitude and getting 15 cents of free gas. But we are not meant to live in spiritual scarcity. Many of us are also just living on E, trying to make it home. We may have become accustomed to filling our longing for the Lord with worldly distractions or resentment loops and feeling empty. Our souls thirst for him. Psalm 63, 2, Oh God, you are my God whom I seek. For you, my flesh pines and my soul thirsts like the earth, parched, lifeless, and without water. And today, I want to offer you three ideas for life application. These are ways to honor that longing for the light, to allow God to fill your tank so that you can magnify that light to the world. The first one is Kingdom Court. And like, you're like, why you keep talking about Kingdom Court? We've seen so many incredible miracles and blessings come from this. So again, if you're not seeing any movement or progress after much prayer and fasting, come to court. Or if you have an area of justice in your life that's just not being served, bring it to court. Walk through. Remember, that's that's the good father in court. You don't have to worry about doing it wrong. Just come to him. Buildingthroughhim.com. Click resources, and it's under the power of prayer. Second idea 
is a prayer board. So I, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I struggle with ADD. So someone tells me to pray for something or something's on my mind. If I write it in a notebook, I have like a holy notebook. I will end up leaving it places and losing the notebook. And then it's like, I have all these private things written down. That wasn't working. So someone had suggested like having a little prayer area in your house. I was like, okay, that sounds good. So I, you know, did a corner of my bedroom and I, you know, had all these like sticky notes up on the wall and I would pray there and, you know, um, felt really connected to that. And then one point in time, one of my kids came out and was like, oh, did so-and-so reconcile with her husband yet? And I was like, how do you even know about that? Oh, I read your prayer wall. And I was like, all right, you snoopy snoop. My kids are so snoopy. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I'm like, okay, I want something that stays in one place that I can actually not lose that helps keep my prayer more ordered. And so just like if you've ever gone to the science fair, you know, those three fold signs, I took one of those and cut like a chunk off the bottom. So it's a little bit shorter, but I mean, you could use the full one. And I just broke it into three sections. The fixed prayer intentions. So like my husband, my children, my spiritual children, builders, our donors, like that's all of our fixed prayer intentions that I will continue to pray for daily. And the middle section is specific intentions that I'm expecting to see movement in. And then the prayer on the very right is just praise and gratitude or any type of movement I see. So when I first did the prayer board, I didn't have any praise and gratitude or movement. I just had all of them in those left and middle sections, my fixed prayer intentions and the specific ones. And that's where I started praying. Well, then I started to see the Lord answer miracles and I keep everything on a post-it in there. So I just would move the post-it over to praise and gratitude. Or if I see any movement, I was praying for someone's daughter, the conversion of someone's daughter. And that daughter reached out to me without me doing anything like it's unreal and asked me about St. Kateri. I was like, that's movement, like move that over to movement. It's like, she's not had a complete conversion, but I see your movement. And so now when I pray with my prayer board, I start with just praise and gratitude. All the movement he's done, because sometimes in the process of asking for things, we can forget what he's already done. And that was definitely true for me. Like I, like my memory's terrible. So like forget things all the time. And so like just being able to praise and like, oh my goodness, Lord, I just praise you for this. I praise you for this. I praise you for that. Oh my gosh, I praise you for that. I forgot about that. And then movement. Oh, I praise you for the movement. I praise you for this movement, this movement, this. I start with all that. And then I move over to my fixed intentions and my specific ones. And this is what I found is that after spending time in praise and gratitude for answered prayers and movement, some of the ones that I have on my board, I actually take down. I'm like, mm, no, that's not, it's not time for that yet. It's like the praise and gratitude orders my desires. It orders his will for my desires. It changed my whole prayer life. And then I can just fold it up and put it away. I slide it under my bed. Sometimes I keep it next to my prayer chair. Like, and my kids aren't up in my business all the time. That's been super powerful to me. And so maybe that would be powerful for you as well. So you have the courts of heaven, you have the prayer board. What are some other options? Third prayer idea and the final prayer idea. So we know that there's four sets of mysteries in the rosary, right? Joyful, luminous, sorrowful, glorious. And my favorite set is the sorrowful mysteries. We actually get to enter into that suffering with Jesus. So it's super powerful. But I often lose my rosary. Oh my gosh, my, the most common place I find my rosaries is in the dryer. I don't know if that's, you're the same. It's like, 
I was so glad when they um, earbuds started to come without strings because my my earphones were constantly connected with my rosary. It was like the constant Christmas light excavation of trying to separate those two. Now we have just earbuds. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And But I lose my rosary often. I have like three that I kind of cycle through. And I'm like, Lord, I need a better way to be able to pray the rosary. And so one thing that's helped me is to contemplate the wounds of Jesus. So we know he had five wounds, right? Two hands, two feet, and one on the side. But I also think there was five exit wounds. So those are entrance wounds that, you know, the front and back of each hand, the top and bottom of each foot. And I always think he stabbed, like, in, when I visualize it, in the right side, and it exited above his heart. So there's the entry in the exit wound. And so when I'm praying the rosary, um, if I don't have my beads with me, I do, I do prefer to have my beads, but sometimes I just don't, and that's okay. So I'll just enter into, you know, saying the Hail Marys, recognizing where I am at the wound. So the first Hail Mary is the front of the right hand. The second is the back of the right hand. The third Hail Mary is the front of the left hand and the back of the left. So I know that if I've left off at number nine, that I'm actually to the side wounds. So I'll pause and then I'll, you know, do whatever. And I'm like, okay, now I'm back to the side wound. I remember where I'm at because I visualized it. And I, I like to think of it as a way for us to consecrate each part of his body with our love and thank him for the suffering that he is about to undergo. I usually will pray with his hands and his feet before he's actually crucified. So without the wounds, sometimes I'll pray with him as a baby, like his baby hands, his baby feet, his baby side, his baby chest. And sometimes if I'm called, I will do it with him. He's already undergone the suffering, already gone the, the passion. And there's wounds there that I kiss before I pray each Hail Mary. I love the fact that we are entering in to his place of suffering. We're not like, oh, that's too gross. I'm uncomfortable with that. It's like, actually, I want to come into your discomfort with you. And that place that's dark and scary, where you have experienced so much sorrow and suffering, I want to come the closest to you right there. I want to be the one that enters in right there. Because when we're with Jesus, when he's holding the hands of sorrow and suffering, we're choosing his ladder of light. Because that ladder that we've been discussing, the reason we have access to the divine is because when we embrace the ladder in our pain, that ladder is the cross. And he shares it with us because we're joint heirs with Christ. John 17, 10, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Jesus tells us, and that includes his family. If you're listening to this podcast, I just want you to know, you're not here by accident. You belong to Jesus Christ. You are a son or daughter of the mighty King and you are meant to be surrounded by your brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't matter what you have done, how far you have traveled away from the shepherd. You belong to him. And if you're open to his love, he will do something in you that he has never done before. He wants to transform you today. We are leaving the valley of humiliation forever. We are called to the heights. We're throwing off our rags of fear and fumes. We are called to grace and to glory. 
we're exiting resentment loops and shoots. We are praising him in the pain. We are embracing the cross and we are rising as sons and daughters of mighty King. We are embracing a new name and a new heart so that we, as those beloved sons and daughters, can magnify his love to the world. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.